the role and responsibility of a shepherd. That's the focus of today's broadcast of Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse. We have to do what God instructs us to do. It's not about, well, you know, is half the congregation going to get upset at this? That doesn't enter into it. It's what is right, what is correct. And when God has called pastors and set them apart for the important work of leading His church, we're called to esteem them, to think about them, to regard them very highly in love, in a self-sacrificial way. From Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City, welcome to today's broadcast of Graceful Truth with our teacher and pastor, Steve Converse. Today, we're going to continue with our series, A Closer Look at the Church. And when we take a close look at the church, one of the relationships that we find are that of the shepherd and the sheep, uh, the congregation and the pastor. And there's an awful lot that Paul speaks of here in 1 Thessalonians that will give us clues as to what our role and responsibility as the sheep, the congregation, are, as well as the role and responsibility of the shepherd or the pastor. Join us. Here's Pastor Steve Converse with today's broadcast of Graceful Truth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, Paul wrote this about his ministry. He says, As I wrote as I did... So that when I came, I might not suffer pain from those who should have made me rejoice. For I felt sure of all of you that my joy would be the joy of you all. For I wrote to you out of much affliction and anguish of heart and with many tears, not to cause you pain, but to let you know the abundant love that I have for you. Now, if anyone has caused pain... He has caused it not to me, but in some measure, not to put it too severely to all of you. And Paul goes on in in different areas, but one area where in 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 6, he says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. You know, if your call to be a pastor is legitimate, nothing else will satisfy you. Nothing. You'll have to do that. And if you're not called... Sometimes you venture out in your own strength and, and you, you end up very frustrated and you've missed the work that God has called you to do. Um, this isn't a have and have nots kind of a message. This is, this is basically saying that there are those individuals that God raises up within the local church that says, this is my calling. This is all I'm going to do. I'm going to focus on this and this alone. And so when you have them at that point, that doesn't mean they're better than, than those who, who don't do that. We have a, you know, different levels of, of, of elders within our own church. We're all on the same plane together. Just because I'm here at the church full time and, and, and Ken has a business or John runs a business or whatever, that, that doesn't make them less an elder. But it clearly does mean that Their call to ministry is different than mine. So we want to look at the sheep's responsibility to the shepherds. I told you last week you had a week of grace, right? Do whatever you want, but today you're going to find out what the responsibility of the sheep are to the shepherds. And it's right there in our text in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 
It says there in verse 12, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you. Respect those who labor among you. If you know anything about sheep, I know a little bit because of my brother Tom's farm. His daughter, Lisa, had some sheep. And I remember them just being, you know, they're not some beautiful white thing. They're just this, they're kind of disgusting, actually. They smell, their, their wool is dirty because they lay in the mud or whatever. They're very weak animals. Um, they're pretty much unorganized. Um, they don't have that ability kind of like a herd, so they tend to prong, they have a, they have a, they have a uh, desire to kind of wander off, just to go off by themselves for no good reason. They also have very sharp hooves that if you get hit by one, you'll realize how sharp they are. And when I think of that, when we think of sheep, at least when I think of a sheep, I think of something I might buy from my little granddaughter, Gabby. A little stuffed animal, you know, just pure white and all fuzzy and cozy and, you know, love to see her hug it and cozy up, up to it on the, on the couch. And wow, that's not what God has in mind when he's talking about sheep. It's just the opposite. And he basically uh, gives us three uh, expressions that the sheep should offer to the shepherd. And the first one there is the responsibility to respect. The responsibility to respect the shepherd. Um, That word, some of them says appreciation. Some translation. It's a translation of a common New Testament word. And it means to know by experience. That's what it means. To know by experience. And it's used over and over in the New Testament. And the idea here is that the believers within the local congregation are to know their shepherds deeply and respect them and value their service. That's the idea. I mean, it's much more than, oh yeah, Pastor, Pastor Steve, yeah, yeah. No. It's, do you really know who Pastor Steve is? Do you know his heart? Do you know facts about his personal life? It has the idea, not, not just that, but it has an intimate kind of acquaintance, personal acquaintance. And you know what? I'll be the first to tell you, all shepherds are different. Some shepherds are, oh, yeah, give me a hug. Some shepherds are like, no thanks. <laughs> right? That doesn't negate the fact that it's the responsibility of the sheep to know their shepherd. And I, and I thank the Lord that most of the people in our congregation know me pretty well. <laughs> they know what makes me happy. They know what makes me angry. They know what really encourages me. They probably know what would discourage me. And see, it's a lot easier to have a negative attitude toward your pastor if you don't know him. If you don't have a personal relationship with him, it's a lot easier to criticize. It's a lot easier to just kind of not have that appreciation, that respect for that individual. And there's, there's more to the meaning here than just respect. You should know him, but it also talks about supporting your shepherd. And I'm not going to be shy here. It talks about financial support over in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. 
It says, the elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. For years, I felt that I almost had to apologize for taking a salary from the church until God showed me, no, this is what I've called you to do. This is how I'm going to provide for you. And I I just want you to know that, you know what, I'm blessed to be in a church that, first of all, wanted a full-time pastor. Because you can do ministry part-time, but that's what you get. You get part-time ministry. But I'm also blessed to know that I'm part of a congregation that looks out for my needs. That's willing to do what's needed to support their pastor. And it's not a, a, uh, like I said, the ministry is not a means to gain anything. Because I think if if the pastor's um, called and he understands that ministry is of utmost importance then probably most of what is given to him ends up somewhere back in ministry anyways. Somewhere along the line. But Paul said, make sure that you respect them in this way. And it's a step of faith. I've never, that I can recall, been in a church where I like to speak about remuneration, what was paid to the pastor. I didn't uh, really do my homework when we moved up here, to be honest with you. I thought, man, $40,000, that's more than I've ever been paid in my whole life as a youth pastor. Dear, we're going to be living high on the hog, man. This is going to be great. (laughs) Then we moved up and I started looking for a place to rent. I thought, oh my goodness, $2,000 a month rent? you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Honey, you're going to have to work. <laughs> but it's neat to see how the church continues to provide. And, you know, a lot of times I was talking to some guys one day and we were talking about <clears throat> there's no security in the economy today. There's no security in, in their jobs or their businesses or whatever and and uh, one of them said, well, yeah, it's kind of unlike you as a pastor. I said, what do you mean? I mean, there's no security in my job. There's no security in my role here as your pastor. I could be gone next week. God wants me somewhere else. I, well, once again, it's his will, not mine, right? <laughs> as hard as that would be, that would be something that I would have to put on the table. And so there's not a lot of, uh, matter of fact, a lot of pastors really have a, a major wall up. You know, they don't like to get close to people because they know that God may move them on one day. And it makes it, it, makes it even more difficult. Pray that that never happens. But, you know what? It's always something that, that the Lord is working in people's hearts. It's not up to us. And so we're to appreciate and respect those who are called to serve the Lord in that way. Secondly, we're called to esteem them. You say, wow, what does this mean? Well, it means to think about, to regard the word means. And there's really, you know, I've seen over the years in ministry that I've been in ministry, two extremes that people go with this. On one side, the church has elevated the leaders almost to the point of worshiping them and making them kind of an uh, untouchable saint kind of a thing. Uh, I've seen that. 
As a matter of fact, Jesus tells the church in Ephesus and in Revelation 2 that he commends them for hating the doctrine, and this was a group of people, of the Nicolaitans. There's a lot of debate over what exactly uh, this group of people did, but some people actually believe that this was where the breakdown really began, where the role of, of priests began to be just that. That all of a sudden there was this major divide between, quote, the laity and those who are serving the Lord. See, I, first of all, I want you to understand we're all in this together. We all have different callings. I can't do what you are called to do, and, and you probably can't do what I am called to do. And we have to be okay with that. The other extreme is is equally dangerous because people don't respect or honor or even listen to their leadership. I've heard horror stories about churches that have meetings and it's almost where, you know, well, who, are, who are you to tell me what to do? How dare you tell me that sleeping with my neighbor is wrong? How dare you? You know, and they have this whole attitude. You look at it, it kind of even entered into the Corinthian church in the New Testament. And it opened up the door for major sin because you had people going all over the place saying, oh, I'm of this person, I'm of that person. They were respecting people and it just got way out of hand and they had no respect for the leadership. See, a, a, a proper relationship between the leadership, the shepherd, and the flock really requires, you know, what I like to say, a mutual trust, a mutual, meaningful submission, one to the other. And the congregation of believers has a duty to esteem, to regard, think about their pastors. And it tells you how. It says very highly right there in the text. And trust me, this isn't about the individual. This isn't about Steve. This is about the work that Steve has been called to do. And it tells us there that we should do this not begrudgingly, right? But it, we should be do it in love. And then it says, why? Because of their work. Because of their work. It's not about them. It's not about the individual. So appreciating the man because they know him, the saints are to told to really hold him in even greater regard because of the, of the divine calling and the design of, of God. That word there for love is agape. It's a common word. And it refers to that selfless, sacrificial service to others. Uh, the, the, the work the shepherds do is their ministry of the word. It feeds the souls of the flock. And we need to never put the person over the work. You know, I hope you like me as your pastor. But you know what? I'll be honest with you. If I'm doing what God has called me to do, if you don't like me, that's your problem. I'm going to still do what God's called me to do. And that may sound prideful. It's not. Because I'm called here to do what God has Call me to do. I'm at, I'm at the service of the Lord. And that's the, the same as, as, as when we get together as elders. I mean, you know, sometimes we have to make some hard decisions. Sometimes we have to make decisions that maybe not be popular with everybody. And we have to make those decisions based on the same criteria. You know what? We have to do what God wants us to, to do. 
We have to do what God instructs us to do. It's not about, well, you know, is half the congregation going to get upset at this? That doesn't enter into it. It's what is right, what is correct. And when God has called pastors and set them apart for the important work of leading his church, we're called to esteem them, to think about them, to regard them very highly in love, in a self-sacrificial way. The last thing here is equally hard to talk about. The responsibility to submit. It says in verse 13 that we should, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. And then he adds this, be at peace among yourselves. Who's he talking about? He's saying be at peace, the sheep and the shepherd, be at peace. Now, there's other places in the Bible, Romans 14, 19, 2 Corinthians 13, 11, Ephesians 4. We're told as the body of Christ to be at, live with peace, live at peace, live in peace with one another, James 3, 18. But here, this admonition by Paul specifically refers to the relationship between this Thessalonican church and its need to submit to its leaders. See, in such submission, if it's done in a God-honoring, God-fearing way, it's going to eliminate any conflict. It's going to eliminate any strife. It's going to eliminate any discord. And what is it going to do? It's going to promote peace. It's going to promote harmony. It's going to promote effective ministry within the church of God. And that's what we're called to do. Over in Hebrews chapter 13, in verse 7, He says, remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. He's calling them to be reminded of the, the relationship the shepherd has with the sheep. In Hebrews 13, 17, down there a little further, it gives us basically two exhortations. It says, first of all, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. See, unless the shepherd or the pastor asks the sheep to do something that is unscriptural or sinful, basically the motto is the sheep ought to obey and submit to the shepherd's leadership. Now, in our church, it's not just me. It's a board of elders. And as the board of elders, we even submit to one another. Because we don't want to do anything based on a vote. We don't want to say, okay, well, three, four, one against. Okay, three's got it. Let's go. No. We have unanimous consent. If there's one person on our board that disagrees with a, with a direction or an action that we're going to take, we table it. We don't move. And there's been on occasion, even since I've been here, that we've had to table certain things. Because we feel that God would lead in all of our hearts not just in half of them. But the idea is that when you submit to your leaders and you obey them, you're doing it because you understand that they have watch over your souls. Spiritually, they're interested in in presenting you perfect in Christ, mature in Christ. I mean, that's a task that will never get done. That's the frustration of ministry. You can never... Minister to somebody to a point where you say, well, now they're done. I'm going to move on. No, and and you're never done yourself. So a lot of times you're speaking out of want from your own soul, which is difficult at times. Because maybe you're not where you need to be. 
So it's very difficult sometimes. But we're called to obey them and submit to them. And the verse concludes there. It says, let them do this with what? With joy. Not with grief. I mean, you know, we, we as leaders in the church, we don't want to come up and, okay, we're going to twist your arm to you say yes. Oh, that sucks all the joy right out of ministry. For the local church to really function as God intended and to receive his blessing, their pastors, they're, they're responsible to labor among the people, to exercise authority over them, to provide teaching, instruction for them. And at the same time, the people basically have the obligation to appreciate them, to esteem them, and to submit to them and obey them. And when both parties fulfill their responsibilities, respectively, the church becomes unified. The church becomes joyful. The church becomes peaceful. It becomes a healthy flock of God that he intended it to be. Faithful pastors, faithful elders, faithful people ministering together to bring honor to Christ, who is the head. He's the chief shepherd, right? We're all under shepherds. And we'll see him advance the kingdom of God in a way that we've never maybe seen before. I hope that you hear my heart in all this. I'm not saying these things, oh, someone must have ticked the pastor off, or someone must have been disrespectful. No, I'm just sharing with you your responsibility to the pastor, to the shepherd. Just like I shared the shepherd's responsibility to the sheep last week. You know, Ambika and I are, are very blessed to be in a church that we know without a doubt they love us. They're committed to us. They know us in a way other people don't. I mean, it's funny when, you know, I stand at the back door there and, and shake your hand at the end of the service. Somebody asked me one time, why do you do that? And it's, you know, it's just my way of somehow maybe staying in touch with people on a weekly basis. You can tell a lot when you shake somebody's hand and look them in the eye. They going through it, what's going on? And so... It, it's important to, in that small way, maintain that kind of intimate relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. And it's neat to know that you folks know me pretty well. How many times have some of you on different occasions come up and, you know, I just want to give you, I know you don't like being hugged, but I'm going to give you a hug anyway. Well, you know that I don't like that, see. You do it anyway. <laughs> and you know that I have to be okay with it, which I am. See, that's kind of neat. You know my wife very well. You know even our grandkids and daughter. That means a lot to us. We're not just a hireling that's come in here to do something for a while. We're part of your family. And you've graciously opened up the doors and allowed us to be part of it. And I can honestly say over the years here at Grace Bible Church, there's been some hard times, yes, but for the most part, God has almost supernaturally uh, bless this church where we don't have a lot of strife. We don't have a lot of infighting. We don't have a lot of cliques. We don't have what a lot of other churches have. And that's not to lift ourselves up and say, oh, that's purely by the grace of God, beloved. And it's, it's nice to know that God has called me to such a place. And I'm privileged to serve. Well, thank you for spending time with us here today on Graceful Truth, the ministry of Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City. 
It's our prayer here at Graceful Truth that God would reveal His grace to your hearts through the teaching of His Word each week. And we trust you're currently involved in a Bible teaching church in your area. If not, we'd love to have you come and visit us here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We meet each Sunday morning for our praise and worship service at 10 a.m. We offer nursery care and Sunday school classes for our children up to grade five. And if you would like to encourage us here at Graceful Truth, please give us a call at Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City. Our phone number is 650-366-9923. That's 650 650- 366-9923. We meet at 2225 Euclid Avenue here in Redwood City. And directions are on our website, gracefultruth.org, or again, simply call 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923. And again, we'd love to have you join us for worship. Simply call for directions or go to our website, gracefultruth.org. While you're at our website, make sure to check out the resource materials available from us here at Graceful Truth, including past programs of Graceful Truth that you can download for free. Gracefultruth.org is where to go. If you're writing to us, our address is 2225 Euclid Avenue. That's 2225 Euclid Avenue. We're here in Redwood City. The zip code is 94061. And again, our phone number is 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923. We thank you for spending time with us today and trust we'll see you next week at this same time for another broadcast of Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse. Steve Converse.